Welcome to Renegade Performance Radio, where we help everyday people like yourself to become fitter, stronger, faster, well-rounded, and fulfilled athletes. Through the lessons, failures, and success we have achieved over the past 10 years on our journey as CrossFit Games athletes and now coaches. The CrossFit Open and making the most of your open experience. So the CrossFit Open is an epic few weeks where you get to test yourself against some challenging workouts, but also against the rest of the world. It's really the only event where majority of the CrossFit population around the world takes part. For those of you that have high competitive aspirations, it's a great marker for you to see where you are against your counterparts. For the other 98% of us, it's just a great test to highlight where you are right now, where your strengths, your weaknesses are, and then to provide you just with some really good feedback about things that you can work on throughout the coming year. Some people, when it comes to the Open, take a, like a slightly more negative perspective about taking part. And like they, sometimes I hear things like, well, I'm not going to qualify for the next stage, so what's the point even registering? And... To be honest, that is a completely valid thought process, but on the flip side of that, when you have registered and paid for something, you're really paying for that kind of accountability and you're showing a commitment to take part. And once you've done that, the likelihood of you actually taking part, actually preparing properly and giving it your all is going to be significantly higher. So with the Open, the the first stage of the Open, it's three weeks, and then the top 10% of men and women uh, individuals progress to the quarterfinal, um, and the quarterfinal, that's a similar format, which is also held um, in your own gym, and then the top 30 men and women from our region will progress to the in-person event, uh, which for our region is the Torium Pro, and then the top three move on to the Games. Now, getting into that top 10% is no small feat, and to achieve that, you have to have virtually no holes in your ability. Then getting into that top 30 athletes is obviously even harder, and you can't afford to have any weaknesses at all. Now, when I say holes in your ability, I mean that you can pretty much do every movement pretty competently. You might still have weaknesses, but you can do all your basic gymnastics um, in a decent capacity. Now, there's only about 40 days until the Open, and at the time of recording this, so you don't actually have a huge amount of time to fix all your weaknesses, but you do have definitely have time to identify and tidy up the biggest gaps to help give yourself the best possible Open experience based on where you're at right now. And so let's call you the other 98%. So this is for everyone who realistically is not in a position to qualify for the quarterfinals this year, um, but where you want to still have a good open experience. And so the first thing we need to do is look at what's holding you back in the open the most. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to look back in history um, at previous year's events and just have a little, make some sort of uh, assessments on them. And so if we look at 2022, the first stage of the Open was relatively low skill. Out of those three workouts, there was only one workout that had higher skill gymnastics in it, and that had pull-ups, then chest bars, and then bar muscle-ups, and there was also low volume double-unders. So not hugely high skill, and it wasn't hugely high skill volume either. 
And the same went for 2021. There was only one workout that really had any high skill movements. There was war walks in there, but other than that, there wasn't any workouts that had like ring muscle ups or anything like that. And so since they changed the format in 2021, they have actually made this first stage of the Open quite inclusive. And then the second stage is where they increase the weights, increase the skill level and the difficulty level. And so what does that mean for you if you want to get the best result in this year's Open? And so the first thing that you can identify, because those two workouts are low skill, it means you need to be really fit. And so if you haven't been working on your engine, then now is the time to ramp that up in the lead up to the Open. Because as we know from history, there's likely going to be two workouts that are going to be all about how much you are willing to hurt and how fast you can move. Combos like thrusters and burpees and things like that. And so with a limited amount of time over the, um, we're pretty much only got yeah, five-ish weeks, um, how are you actually going to get fitter in that period of time? And it's all about the intent, the intent of how the workout and how you hit it. And so the G-Wizzy, Cullum's advice here, is all about how you approach these workouts. And there's two key ways that you're going to use, and it's going to vary depending on the workout, what the workout is. So the first way is going to be sending it and learning to hurt. This is going to be for shorter workouts and interval workouts. These workouts are great for building your pain threshold. They, we want you to go fast. We want you to hold on and do the, get the best you can. Like So just pushing through that pain, working to hold on, trying to keep that pace of movement up as the best you possibly can, building that mental toughness around hurting. That's massive for the open. Now, the second is workouts where you're going to practice strategizing and pacing. And so this is a skill in itself, learning to um, to actually use a strategy and stick to it. And also learning how to pace based on your ability is massive. And this is a skill set which most novice CrossFitters don't actually have, but one which will improve your open results significantly and actually any competition workout uh, result significantly. And so this practicing your strategy is best used in most of the time your longer AMRAP style workouts or workouts where you may reach a bottleneck where there might be like some high skill movement at the end of it, like a long chipper. And in open workouts like this, every rep counts and having the right strategy could give you an extra 20, 30 reps in the workout, which can be hundreds and hundreds of places on the leaderboard. And I don't want you to confuse uh, practicing pacing or strategy with taking it easy. It means coming up with a strategy and a pacing that is going to mean that you're going to get the best result based on your ability. Now, in your programming, you're going to switch between these two depending on the workouts. And your coaches will help you identify what those workouts are when they're briefing you on them. And so that's going to give you an idea of, okay, is this a send it workout or is this a pacing strategy workout? And a key point that Cullen wants you to remember is if you're going to be hitting these workouts hard and you're going to be actually hitting that intent, you need rest days. So we're looking at three days on, one day off, two days on, one day off. So most people, that's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday train, Thursday will be a recovery day, then Friday, Saturday, train, Sunday, recovery day. That's our recommendation, which has proven to be the most effective for majority of athletes. 
And now flogging yourself to death over the next month is not going to leave you feeling great. It's going to leave you feeling beat up and tired when the open comes and at a really high risk of injury, which is the last thing that we want. So the first thing that you need to be focusing on, that's your fitness side, building that engine. The second thing is being confident with your basic rig work. So we're talking pull-ups, toe bar, chest bar, bar muscle-ups, and being able to handle them under fatigue. Now, when it comes to these movements, it's about getting you as good as you can with them and trying to improve from where you currently are. There is no point comparing yourself to the leaderboard when it comes to these movements because there is always going to be hundreds of people better than you. So it's about asking yourself, how can I improve my capacity with these over the next six-ish weeks? And so depending on where you're at with any of these movements, it's about starting with that easiest movement, the foundations, the fundamentals, and then building up your capacity and then building your capacity under fatigue. And so my favorite two ways to develop skills are, first is volume accumulation. And so this is with no interference, picking a skill, let's say three bar muscle ups, or sorry, you pick a skill and then you pick an amount that you think is repeatable and then you pick a time frame. So usually somewhere around, depending on the skill, sort of seven to 10 minutes is pretty good. And so for example, it might be something like three bar muscle ups every minute on the minute for 10 minutes. And your goal would be to hit those three reps. At the start, it will probably be relatively easy or it should be relatively easy. And then as you get towards the end of the EMOM, it should get a little bit more challenging. And then over the weeks, you can increase the volume of those particular movements. Another way that you can do volume accumulation is just picking an amount, say 30 reps for time or 50 reps for time and hitting those. And that's going to help you practice like your strategy if something similar was going to come up in a workout. Say you had 30 muscle-ups at the end of a workout or 50 pull-ups in the middle of a workout, you'll know that you can go, oh, sweet, on 50 pull-ups, I can do five sets of 10 with 10 seconds rest in between. And you'll know your ability to be able to complete that volume in a time frame, in a certain time frame. So it's helping you build really good self-awareness around your ability rather than you getting into a workout and you go 50 reps and you do one big set of say 20 or 25 and then you stand left staring at the rig doing threes the rest of the workout. Knowing your ability is a massive um, skill in itself when it comes to the open. The second way you can develop your skills is your skills under fatigue. So this is where you do a set amount of calories um, or anything that's going to jack up your heart rate but should also have very little other interference. So nothing that's going to really fatigue your actual muscles. We're just trying to get your heart rate up here. And then you follow that with a set of gymnastics. And then you repeat that for a few rounds. For example, it might be something like 15 calorie row plus 10 total bar. Rest a minute or 90 seconds. And you do that for five rounds. Something like that. Open workouts, they tend to be progressive. Um, a lot of times in history, they will start with a lower skill movement and then um, as the rounds progress, the difficulty of the movement will also increase. So this is to make those workouts a little bit more inclusive. So that could be uh, the first round might be pull-ups and the second round might be chest bars and then the third round might be bar muscle-ups. It's not always like that, but that is quite common. And so that brings me to another point. For many of you, there'll probably be one workout where you get to a certain point in the workout and then you're going to get stuck at something. Maybe it's pull-ups, maybe it's chest bars, maybe it's bar muscle-ups, whatever it is, 
you're probably going to get stuck or you may get stuck. So you have the choice. Do you do the scaled workout or the RX version? So what you need to do is actually understand how the open leaderboard works. And the way that the open leaderboard works is last place in the RX workout beats first place in the scaled. So if you're tracking the overall leaderboard, then it makes sense to try and do the RX. Because if you can even do one rep in RX, then you beat all the people in the world who did the scaled version. You probably didn't get a great workout in, but you beat them on the leaderboard. Also, you can then use this data, say it's 23.3, uh, and you get to a certain point, you get stuck at, say, the 10th uh, bar muscle-up, whatever. And you're going to record that. Then you can repeat that workout in six months, and you can see how much you've improved. And all going according to plan, you should be able to get significantly further in the workout. So now you have some really good data points on some really good workouts. So as far as preparing for the first stage of the Open goes, my advice is to build your engine and build your basic skills. If you only have a limited time to train, so you're not training three hours a day, then it's about hedging your bets and giving yourself the most bang for buck. So focusing on the things that are going to help you improve in the open the most. And based on history and trends, it's unlikely that you're going to see things like handstand press-ups, handstand walks, and ring muscle-ups in the first stage of the open. So it's about using your time as wisely as you can. Finally, I just want to touch on the mentality side of the Open as a whole. To get to the semi-finals, you have to have a certain level of genetic ability, incredible work ethic, and the right lifestyle circumstances. The Open, it's a bit of a lottery. The CrossFit Games can throw whatever they like at you, and everything that I've spoken about today could actually change. But that's also the beauty of the Open. And so with that being said, getting anxious about it or getting all riled up because the workouts come up and they don't suit you, it's just a waste of energy. It is what it is. Do the workouts, have fun with your friends and deal with it and then come back next year as a more well-rounded athlete so that you're not worried about what shows up. To be honest, I'm not actually a massive fan of the open leaderboard itself because there is no denying that the standards from gym to gym have massive variance. And the truth is, until we have, say, like technology to actually do the judging of the reps and the movement standards, that's always going to be a problem. There are always going to be people who get away with a shitload of no reps. And, you know, there's actually sweet fuck all you can do about it. The CrossFit Games, like the as a whole, really only cares about the top 0.1%. And they will hold them accountable, hopefully, to quality reps. All you can do is have integrity, perform your reps well, and hold the standard in your gym. And then at the end of it all, look at your results in the workouts as a whole. And at the end of the Open, work with a coach to make improvements for the rest of the year's events and for future Opens. If you enjoy our content that we're providing, please like and share with your fellow gym goers. Leave us a review and please take a screenshot and chuck it up on social media. We really want to get the word out so we can continue to help everyday people become high performers.